0: Hello Cross family, I do pray that you're having just an incredible week and uh, this past uh, Sunday we dove into John chapter 11, just an incredible time. Uh, Let me encourage you with something. Uh, The last reports that we got were over 2,000 people viewed the message from this past weekend. So I want to say thank you for passing the word out uh, onto other people, sharing it on your Facebook Uh, and other social media outlets, let's continue uh, to do that. I think we have the opportunity right now uh, to extend the love of Christ to many people. And uh, I want to continue, if you will, today and talk to you uh, about having a compassionate heart in a troubled world. And I'm going to stay in John chapter 11. I'm going to pray and let's just open up our hearts and really expect the Lord to minister to us even right now. Father, thank you. Thank you again for being our, our God, for being faithful, for being dependable, for being trustworthy, and uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive, and thank you that your word has uh, just incredible influence and ability to transform each and every person uh, that's uh, even sitting there uh, right now contemplating uh, you. And so I just pray That your Holy Spirit would have permission to to work in each of our lives right now, and that we would be open uh, to, again, uh, just to deeper revelation, transformation, just the, uh, the work that only you can bring about in our lives to conform us into the likeness of Jesus. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 11, starting in verse 32. I want to share this text, and then I want to give you some observations about, again, having a compassionate heart in a troubled world. Verse 32 says, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, then my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled where have you put him referring to lazarus they told him lord come and see then jesus wept now here's something interesting jesus knew that he was going to raise lazarus from the dead he knew that mary and martha was grieving deeply but he also knew that in a matter of minutes their tears would be turned joy. Now, as I observe what Jesus did, even in this scenario, he didn't dismiss their grief. These sisters were devastated. He didn't rebuke them for a lack of faith because we know that death can rock our world. Death exposes some of the most vulnerable places of our heart. Jesus saw people who were hurting. He saw two sisters that were in tremendous pain. And Jesus hurt with them. He had compassion with those who were grieving. And the scripture says, Jesus wept. Throughout the pages of scripture, as we ponder God's word, God encourages us to weep with those who weep. God constantly encourages us to extend compassion. And as we live in community, and seek to reflect Christ to our world, it's important that we realize and remember, based on the teachings of Philippians 2, Ephesians 4, and even 1 Peter 3, we're called to be of one mind, united in one purpose. Now, a compassionate heart, as we seek to live out our faith and touch others, A compassionate heart seeks to understand where other people are. Here's some things that I've kind of pondered over the last days and weeks as as we see this pandemic and just uh, the chaos and confusion. As you're dialoguing and having an interaction with an individual, here's, here's some questions you can ask. Who is this person that I'm talking with? They're more than a name. And so we love to ask questions. Who are you? Where are you from? Tell me a little bit of your story. Here's another question. How did they become the person that they are? What are their life experiences? Even Rick Warren talked about a person's shape, their spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and the experiences of life. And so as we engage with people, we want to understand them. And, and it's important to look at the experiences they had uh, have had in life. Here's another question. What do they believe? At the core of their belief system, what drives them? And then, what shaped their worldview? Who hurt them? Who violated them? What type of pain have they had? And then, why do they do the, the things they do? Why do they feel the way they do? Those are important questions to ask. Now, we believe that your story matters. We believe that every person matters, and we believe that God has called us to get into the narrative of other people's journeys. Now, that being said, here is a question that was posed to me recently, and I think it's a great question with everything that we're seeing in our world and even in our nation and even in our community right now. The question was, why do people suffer from disease? Why do people suffer from sickness? Let me give you a few thoughts in regards to answering that question. Based on Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, it explains the consequences of sin. Because of sin, humanity was disrupted at every level. So disease and death... And difficulty and divorce and all kinds of things entered the equation. So we would say that because of sin, and this is the primary reason, I I would think, with illness and sickness, we have experienced total disruption. All right, so here would be a second thing. As I contemplate why God allows sickness and illness and disease, sometimes it exists so that God can be glorified. A few weeks back, we looked at John chapter 9, and the question was posed to Jesus. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? And Jesus said, it was neither. It happened so that God could show his power and his glory to the world. Sometimes sickness and illness happens for the glory of God. Now, I do believe the reason we're seeing, uh, again, the coronavirus and the COVID-19 as we see it happening right now, I believe ultimately it's a result of sin. Sin allowed disease to come into the world. But I also believe that God is going to receive glory and praise as a result of what we're seeing, not only, again, here in Loganville, but throughout the world. Here's another reason that people experience sickness and illness. There's guilt, bitterness, resentment, and unforgiving spirit. And that can cause all kinds of sickness inside of a person. And I would encourage you, if you're battling any of this right now, if you've got an unforgiving spirit, if you've got resentment, if there's bitterness deep down inside of your soul right now, I pray that you would deal with that before the Lord. Because, again, it can paralyze the human body. It can shut down the immune system. Now, here would be the real question, even as we look back at Jesus' engagement and involvement with Mary and Martha. And I think it's the real question. How do we now extend compassion to those around us? How do we respond to the suffering that's going on around us? We have established that the universal language is suffering. The universal language, no matter who you talk to, Somebody, as you engage with that somebody in conversation, they've got pain, they've got illness, something is going on inside their lives. And we're seeing the widespread effects of it right now. But how do we extend uh, compassion to those who are hurting? I would say this, compassion at the core, and it comes from the gut, from the, the bowels of who we are. Compassion sees what the suffering sees. The person who is suffering, when you have a compassionate heart, you're able to see what they're going through. You're able to see uh, what the one who is suffering is seeing and experiencing, which implies two things needs to happen. I need to identify and I need to sympathize. Compassion feels what the one suffering feels. So not only do we see it, but we start to feel inside of our guts. Hey man, I feel what you're feeling right now. Maybe not to the extent but my heart is broken. Then you start to experience what the one who is suffering is is even experiencing. Compassion, at its core, acts to relieve suffering. It doesn't wait for the right time. It doesn't wait for others to jump on board. It is willing to act immediately. Compassion is an action word. Compassion does something. Now, here is the question for For me, as I look back even over the the question that I posed uh, again this past Sunday, the question is not, Lord, why me? The the question is, what now, Lord? What now? As we find ourselves in this situation, what now? I would encourage you to do uh, even this exercise right here that I think will help you in regards to being able to become more compassionate with others. One, search your heart. Is there something right now missing in your life that God is desiring to bring about? Ask the question, have you neglected spiritual growth and spiritual formation in your life? I mean, you've neglected fellowship. You've neglected diving into the word. uh, You've found yourself just kind of drifting. You've got to ask, is there any sin going on in my life right now? is there anything that i know the holy spirit is pointing out right now that's blocking his compassionate heart from residing inside of me it would be a second thing i would encourage you to walk by faith we're told in scripture we walk by faith and not by sight rebuke any apathy that is going on in your life right now i would encourage you to anchor deep in jesus we've got the time to do it We've got time to get up in the morning and dive into the Word. We've got that time to all engage in this 21 days of prayer. And I would encourage you, anchor deep. Here would be another thing. Ask God for help. Ask God to give you a deeper faith, a stronger determination and resolve. Ask God to give you more love and more grace and more mercy. Ask the Lord through the Holy Spirit to show you what is blocking the love, grace, and mercy of God from being manifested in your life. And then another question, I would ask God for more compassion. Lord, please help me see and recognize the suffering that other people are going through. There's a lot of pain happening right now. And then I would encourage you, look for ways to relieve the suffering. Bring comfort. Pray for healing. Pray for people right now. I introduced our church to uh, the phrase a few months back, tikkun olam. And it's a Jewish phrase, and it's all about coming alongside and being present and bringing healing to the world. And we can do that as we step into other people's sadness and madness and pain. Let me encourage you, offer hope to other people. We don't weep as those who have no hope. We don't mourn as those who have no hope. Paul would say that in 1 Thessalonians 4. Offer hope. And as you do so, let me encourage you, even as you uh, are, are compassionate for other people and you're seeing and you're feeling what they're going through, don't get stuck in the other person's misery. A lot of times other people's misery, uh, we we end up carrying it ourselves and we allow them to stay stuck and we start Even getting stuck. Speak words of hope. And again, don't worry about what others think. Get involved. It doesn't matter how nasty, how muddy, and messy another person's story has been. Now, as I were reflecting again, just on how do we show. Uh, the world during this troubled time a compassionate heart here's what i believe our en- our engagement strategy uh, should be we should seek to connect to the heart of the other person we don't co- uh, we don't want to connect just to the peripheral or just to the uh, street level surface stuff we want to go below into the soul and, and into the core of who they are now brene Brown she's respected as a christian speaker writer etc but i like what she said we have to move from pity pity is i see your suffering yeah i see your suffering we've got to have pity for people but it's got to drive us to sympathy i care about your suffering i care about you as a person i know where hope healing and peace can be found i care about you this is what jesus did again when he engaged with mary and martha he saw them, he felt what they were feeling, he began to weep with them. Then, I would encourage you, put yourself in their shoes. That is being empathetic, if you will. Once you start to move to the place of being empathetic, you're starting to put yourself in the shoes of another person. And an an acrostic that I use, even in conversation with people, is LIPS, L-I-P-S. As I start conversation, I'm asking questions, but I'm listening. And as I listen I ask questions to go deeper I inquire and as I inquire I process and then it may be listen inquire process multiple times and then you have permission to speak you are able to speak the truth in love and you're able to speak into a person's heart so I encourage you Brene Brown said this she said empathy is a choice it's a risky choice now it is a very risky choice. Compassion is taking action to come alongside of another person to relieve them at some level in their suffering. Galatians six two says, carry one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. When you come alongside and help shoulder the burdens of other people, and when I do that, we're able to fulfill the law of Christ I can tell you this we have nothing to lose by being compassionate we have nothing to lose and I would ask you as you walk through the next few days who's been on your mind lately who's been on your heart lately and I would encourage you don't just text them pick up the phone and call them check on them let them hear your voice reach out love on others let's be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ just a few days ago I was out at the end of my driveway and my neighbor across the street we've been neighbors for 20 plus years and we've had good conversations over the years but we had one of the best conversations we had last week and when I got ready to walk away from this gentleman he looked at me and he said Tim he said I've shared with my wife when I die I want you to do my funeral and I, I, I was so touched by him asking me this but he's never stepped foot on our campus here he's never been in any service that we've done but I know that we have built relationship with one another over the years because there's been compassion exchanged and he knows hey them people love me and they care about me so look for God given god teed up opportunities to extend the compassionate heart of jesus today this week and even as we go into the future the world is suffering people around us are hurting and they're longing for hope and hope is found in a personal relationship with jesus christ i believe many are going to repent and respond and turn to the gospel right now during this season of this global pandemic i pray you make it a great day and i can't wait to join you sunday as we break down john chapter 12. make it a great day